Hey everybody, welcome to The Dance Up, where we are shining the light of cultural competency on the world of dance and healthcare to promote better communication and care. I'm Dr. James D. Walters. And I am Danielle Lidia Assistant Professor here at Southern Utah University. Um, I just wanna give a brief, brief, brief introduction. Um, so today we're talking about dancers' experiences with healthcare and injury. Um, and we're, we see this as a series, right? So we're gonna have a couple of different guests, but we're really, really, really excited to welcome Liza Tarbett um, to our little show here. She's gonna be talking a little bit about her dance injury. Um, she's still actually in school, right? So um, different ways of finding um, support while still pursuing a degree. So. Liza, take it away. Okay. As I said before, I'm Liza Tarbett. I am a sophomore here at Southern Utah University. I'm studying with Danielle and the other professors here. I have been a dancer for most of my life. I started dancing when I was about three years old at a cute little studio called Creative Arts Academy in Bountiful, Utah, until I was a senior in high school and then COVID hit. So I did that for a while. I was through, I went through almost all the companies there. I was a I was a gem student for a while, and then I went up to the touring company, which is like probably the highest company there. And I did um, dance competitions for five years of my life, I think, so a long time. And then I dropped down at, to a lower one just because I wanted to have like a high school career, which I didn't really have one, to be real honest, because I was still dancing a lot. So I built the dance competitions and that was another three years of my life. And then COVID hit, it kind of screwed me over. I was actually on my way to go to a dance competition. This was my senior solo. So I choreographed oh, wow. it and seriously, all of a sudden, everything just stopped. Everything that I was so used to going to dance class every day, just came to an end. I took dance classes in my basement for a while, which was an experience. I do have to say with my dog running around everywhere, tripping me half the time. It was a good whirlwind of my life. And I started dating a boy and it was a really good experience. Went boating one day was, that was a normal thing. We had just gone back from Lake Powell and it was a really, like, it was fun. I could have gotten a lot worse hurt there than how I did when I tore it. Um, so we went boating and it was a great time. I was on the boat on the two with him actually. And he is this big burly guy, I do have to say. And we were just like <laughs> kind of playing around and all of a sudden he threw me over his shoulder and the way that we were going out of the wake just caught my knee on the wrong way. I've always had knee issues. I trained with a Russian ballet teacher for a long time. So it was always force your turn out from your knees, force your turn out from your knees. So I've always had knee issues, but nothing to this extent. And I just remember I got thrown into the water and I was like, oh my gosh, my knee hurts so bad. It's fine. Like just kind of like swim it off, swim it off. Like maybe I just like dislocated it kind of thing. It's like, I was like, I'm a dancer. I can't tell like if I, this is like a true pain or like whatever. I've broken toes before. And I was like, that's like beyond the point of a torn MCL. And so I got back on the tube and all of a sudden his dad is just a go. And I was like, wait, no, I'm not ready. Like I'm hurt. And all of a sudden I'm cutting wow. so fast. I'm just telling him to stop. And he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I was like, my knee hurts. And it was started to get really swollen. So it was really scary. I've never had a huge major injury. This was huge for me. I had a month before I left for SUU. My parents were gone. My sister had just had a baby in Virginia. So my mom and dad were gone. I was staying with him. 
I thought my world was gonna end, to be real honest. This has never happened to me. I'm a really safe person. I got back on the boat and I just cried. I don't know what to do. So I called my mom, can we talk? You're okay, you're okay, what's wrong? The rest of the family didn't really know how hurt I was. Good about hiding my feelings. And I still have this long text from my mom and saying, I hurt my knee. I don't know what to do. I can't, I could not stand on it. I couldn't put any weight on it. I could do nothing. And so I just sat on the boat the rest of the time and I tried and I had my tears. My knee hurts so bad. And I think I just ruined everything for myself. And of course, at that moment, I was researching on my injury. Oh my gosh, I could have this, this, and this. And I don't think that maybe it's just like a little spray <laughs> kind of thing. And so my mom, she's like, can you still come get us from the airport? And yeah, I'll be able to drive. I seriously, we tried to get off the Jeez. boat. <laughs> I could not get off the boat. He had to carry me off the boat. Perfect. This is exactly what I need. And of course my mom's worried, but also at the same time, she's not happy with me. And so I went and picked her up. I had like an old knee brace. I don't even know how old it was. It's an old knee brace. So I put it on, I drove to the airport and I'm literally in tears the whole way. My knee hurts so bad. And it was probably the size of a softball. It was huge. My whole knee was just swollen up. I think I still have the picture from when I sent my mom and it was, you could just tell something was wrong. And so we, I have never really had any knee injury. So I never had a knee doctor. So my mom- So was this the left or the right MCL that you tore? It was, it was my right MCL. So, and I'm a right- You're driving MCL. on the torn MCL. <laughs> this is over, 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 over. Right. And so my mom actually called my old dance teacher because her husband is a, yeah, he's a knee doctor actually. Mom's like, do you need to go to a doctor? I was like, of course I'm going to say no. And then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And like the bruising was so bad. And I was like, yeah, mom, I need to go to a doctor. So we seriously, we called the doctor's office and seriously, we waited for hours. I sat in the, in the office for hours, just waiting for them to get me in. And they got me in and they took x-rays. Well, it looks fine, but we need an MRI. Of course you do. Of course you need an MRI. Yep. And so it's just this little sprain. So it shouldn't be that bad. A couple weeks in a knee brace. I'm like, oh, perfect. I can do that. It will get me to school. Actually, that was after the MRI? No, this was before the MRI. Oh, okay. So okay. Brain. And so... Of course, I'm like, yes, like I have hope. I won't have to be in a knee brace when I go back to school. I'm a freshman at in this to a school where I have no idea. I've maybe met Danielle and Nick and Alex like a couple times, but that was about it. So of course I'm terrified. Sure, yeah. So we got an we got an MRI and what is it? What is it? And I of course we have to wait like a couple days. And seriously, I just remember walking into the doctor's office and they're reading it to me. And my whole head is blank space. He started saying things because of course my mom couldn't come in because of COVID. I don't want to talk to the doctors. You can talk to him. And my mom's, this is your injury. You did this to yourself. And so I tried to call my mom, but he was talking the hundred hours per minute. What did you just oh, say? And I just remember he said, yeah, you have a two plus tear. What does that even mean? You tore most of your ligaments in your knee but you still have a couple connected that are super, super stretched, but you are so lucky that you don't have to have surgery. If I would have continued to do what I was doing, continuing to walk on it and do all that, I could have torn the other parts and I would have had to have surgery. Mm -hmm. I'm wow. so happy 
I'm so happy I did it. I'm so happy I didn't have to work on that because I would have had to not come to school. I would have had to do school online or not even come to SUU at all. And I would have had to do the first year of school online or not even do school. So super huge blessing. He put me in a knee brace, one that I could practically crank. And I had full range of motion, which is beautiful. I didn't have to have my legs sticking straight up half the time. It was great. I was working that summer. I mowed lawns in the summer with my dad to make money for school. I was able to continue to do what I was doing and it was really hard for me. But as I continue to say, I've been really trying to stay positive with it. It was a good experience. I'm happy. It helped me a lot through college because nothing will be worse than it when that moment happened. Yeah, there you go. The fact that I was moving to a different town, had no idea, I didn't know who my roommates were, knew nobody. Yeah. And it had a torn MCL. You're touching a couple things. This idea of getting injured right before freshman year. And like, mm-hmm. there's already these like senses of belonging that matter to us as freshmen. Um, and so you're already navigating like freshman year. I'm choosing to be a dance major. All of these things, right? On top of, am I allowed to tell people that I'm injured? Is it going to get me in trouble, right? It's all these things that we've grown up right. kind of knowing. Like you talked about your Russian ballet teacher, Okay, I guess I'll just turn out for my knees then. So I want to, I because you touched on a couple of things. So I kind of want to, I want to go back a little bit when you got the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the doctor is speaking so quickly to you that you can barely understand. And again, right, we have to talk yeah. about COVID, right? We can't, we, we couldn't have your your parental unit, right, in the room with you. Um, and so someone who is in high school who's about to, you know, dealing with all of these anxieties of becoming a freshman and moving, um, you know, relatively further away than maybe you had ever been um, and not having your family unit super, super close, right? Um, just talk a little bit about how that experience might could have gone better, right? Yeah. What, what could have happened that might have been better? Yeah. So um, because I knew the doctor's assistant, I was able to call my mom and just say, hey, hold on a second. Let me call my mom. So she also understands what's going on. So that was really big for me. And I knew the guy and he was super nice. And I applaud him because you could tell I was scared out of my mind to be there by myself. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge blessing that I was able to call my mom. And we were both understanding at the same time. And then when we went to the second doctor to get my MRI read, where I was trying to stop him so I could call my mom. And seriously, he just kept going, just kept going. And of course my mom's upset because she doesn't understand what's going on. I have no idea what the world he just said. I just remember he said four to six weeks and a knee brace to a two plus pair. And that was about it. That's all I remember. Yes, you got like the major kind of snippets, but you didn't know what any of it meant. Yeah. And then you went to like Google, right? Let's right. not do that. Like I do it too. I will admit that I am, I, I've gone to WebMD, oh, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Right, right. But I think what else do you do in that situation, right? As, as a dancer. And again, you're in high school and you're about to come to college, like all of the things on top of. Um, well, so, and I think that goes a long way to the, like the communication part from like the healthcare provider. Right? Cause even like hearing you say how you like the snippets you do remember is like a two plus tear, a two plus tear doesn't mean anything to a patient. Like those are, that's like a, a classification we use in uh, orthopedics and whatnot. And like, that won't mean anything. So, I mean, you, you know, you follow up with the, the you know, obvious question of, well, what's that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, was there any, 
out of curiosity, was there any discussion on like the bio, like how it happened, how they think they happened, or like what, like did they explain what the MCL was and did, and like um, why? Kind of, because yeah, that was about it. They showed me where it was, and that was about it. Right. Yeah. Because so. yeah, the, I mean, the thing that kind of struck me too is how you were saying how it happened. So like you were tubing. It's such a weird mechanism of injury. So it's it's. I mean, you know, on top of being like the COVID world, making the transition to college. You injured it outside of dance even, but also in a way that really would not have struck me as like how to tear an MCL while tubing. Um, so yeah, it kind of blows my mind because I'm assuming you probably told them what you were doing when you got the injury. So it's kind of crazy that they never tried to say, well, then this is how it probably happened and like explained what it meant. Because a lot of the time that's what we see with like healthcare providers and dancers is that there's just this very, well, with any patient, um, a lot of the time I'll get feedback from patients that like most doctors don't take the time to explain the science, how it's happening, why they kind of just give you the snippet in two minutes and then say, okay, here's your diagnosis. Go do this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You know, James, I was that's crazy. You, like there's, um, there's also this, like, uh, what do I want to say? Like this care, like you said, like patient care, right. This idea that, um, right. If, if I don't know, well, and, and the other thing too, that you had mentioned too, about like, there may have been some overuse. Um, I won't, I don't want to say injury. Right. But as you're continuing to crank that rotation from your knee, right. Yeah. Perhaps there's some like laxity. And as uh, you know, as one of Liza's teachers, I think that I, she has very, very, very flexible joints as it is. Right. So perhaps the knee could handle it to a degree mm -hmm. until there was perhaps that force. Right. Um, but again, it's, it is, it's always interesting to me when I see when, when, you know, cause when you communicate it, cause that was the other piece that I was really excited to talk about today is that you immediately communicated, right? Mm -hmm. It was something that like you're, and again, like, so we have this thing called FERPA for those of you that don't know. So we can't communicate with parents, right? Um, it's, you know, it's federal law at, at a university and Liza, you know, she was so professional from the jump. She was just like, okay, this is the, these are the things that I'm going to need in order for me to, um, you know, feel supported, but also explaining to us what it is, right? And again, like, so there's there's a couple things here. There's FERPA, and then there's like her health. She doesn't have to divulge any kind of health issues to us, right? Um, and I'm just so proud of you for doing that because again, there's that wrapped around fear, right? That culture of fear. Yeah. Um, there's a culture of fear to ask my doctor what happened and can you explain it a little bit more? Uh, and could this have been an overused injury that like once that force happened, that was it? or what, you know, what happened and the oh, yeah. fear of telling your dance teachers that you're hurt, right? You're, you're going to walk in freshman year, first day of class hurt. Right. Um, so talk to us a little bit too about that impetus. Cause you were super professional and you were like, look, this happened. I'm, you said, I think you said, I'm sorry, which is, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think I would have done that too, but talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I've always from being a dancer for so long, I've always had to learn how to communicate with my dance professors, my dance teachers or anything. So I kind of was like, mom, I don't want to tell them. You kind of have to. You're going to walk into class the first day with the knee brace on and say, oh, by the way, I tore my MCL. Wow, what a great start to start my freshman year already on that edge. I just remember I sat open with my computer for maybe a half an hour just saying, I don't even know what to write. I could write the whole entire story out. There you go. This is what happened. And so I just remember, like I sat next to my mom, just bawling. I want to go dance. 
this is all I want to do. And I don't want to sit the whole entire first year of my freshman year. Freshman year is supposed to be super fun, a great new experience. And I was so excited. I had gone into the college that I wanted to in the dance world where I didn't have to decide on what I wanted to study in dance. I I wanted to be an all around good dancer and I've been able to do that. I haven't had to decide on a ballet or a modern or a jazz degree. I get my all around dance, which is awesome. And I'm so grateful that I am able to do that. So I just remember I sat open with my computer. Dear professors, that's what I had. That's all I had for a good solid minute. And my mom's like, hey, what are you gonna say? And of course I'm gonna say, I'm sorry. What else am I supposed to say? I'm a super apologetic kind of person. And I always say, I'm sorry. You don't have to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember, right. dear professors, this is what happened. I have a two plus MCL tear. I did it while boating, which is so random. Football players tear their MCL, <laughs> soccer players tear their MCL. I remember getting my MRI, emailing him. I was like, I'm sorry, this is what happened. I am in a brace for this long. At that time, I actually was able to transfer to a doctor down in Cedar City and also be able to get into PT. I didn't want to go to PT. Oh, I'm I'm over that. I'm better than that. I can do it myself. Okay. And uh-huh. I was, like, so not about it. A couple of things with uh, that. So yeah, in it's interesting because like you said, like they don't, they don't get many dancers. And part of it is because uh, I feel most of the time dancers don't, unless they really have to, the, the culture is you don't really go to the doctors unless you absolutely have to. Um, just because they didn't say anything in the appointment, I'll say, uh, so, cause you mentioned the forced turnout thing. Um, a lot of the times when dancers get these injuries, they are 100% overuse. And the phrase I always tell my patients is, uh, when something odd causes the injury, it's probably not necessarily the thing that caused the injury. It was just the straw that broke the camel's back because the, uh, medial meniscus and the MCL kind of become one unit a little bit on the inside of the knee there. And especially with like forced turnout, that's where you get a lot of your repetitive damage buildup over your career. Um, and that's probably what led to it, which is why the boating thing is so weird, but it was probably just something that like the, the last straw versus the main injury. And like you said, how they assumed like, oh, you must play a sport is because yeah, what the biggest thing healthcare providers miss about dance is that we get the same high impact injuries as other athletes, except they're overuse injuries. They're not someone dive tackling our knee. Um, but you mentioned the, uh, the PT aspect, like, yeah, kind of talk about how, what was your experience like doing, uh, rehab? Did the person have any experience with dance? Did you get the exercises? Because often I'll hear is like, they're too easy or they don't feel like they're doing anything for dance. Mm -hmm. What was your experience with it? So I already didn't want to go to PT because I was like, I can just dance it off kind of thing. First off, you can't do that, especially with the torn MCL. Thank you. You have to wear right. your you have to wear your brace or else all hell will break loose in your knee. And so we got signed up for PT. Of course, it was during the middle of my ballet class that I wanted to be in. So I had to drop down. So there were two levels of, of the ballet class and I was in the higher one and I had to drop down to the lower one, which was really, really hard for me, but I couldn't even dance anyways. So I went to PT the first day. Yay. I'm just going to be with a lot of people who have hurt backs or stuff like that. I'm a dancer. I am 18 years old. ET was so nice. Are you here to study something? Yeah, I'm studying dance. Oh, okay. 
so you're a dancer and this is what you're going to have to do. And I just remember he'd give me these exercises, the easiest things I've ever done. I could do them by myself without hurting or anything. And it was really, really hard for me because then I lost a lot of motivation. Why do I want to even go? I'm already in a strange town. I don't know half the people here. You want me to come here every single Tuesdays and Thursday to come do a PT, which I don't even want to be here and to do easy exercise that I do nothing for me. And I just remember I went a couple times and it was good. It was a great experience and it felt like I was kind of getting the mobility back, which was good. And I just remember I went to Danielle after and this is doing nothing for me. Show me the exercises. So I showed her and she's that's that's helping your mobility, but it's not helping strengthen your knee. That was my hard thing was because I am such a strong dancer. And so I lost everything. I lost everything in my quad. I lost everything in my knee. What do I do? Keep going. She just said, keep going. You have to get that mobility back or else it could lead to a lot of different things. And after you're done with your PT, then start going to the gym and start walking and doing all the other things and like start using your knee. And so I'm getting that strength back. So I kept going and I just remember I like sat in my car a couple of times where I'm really dreading going in. I'm doing nothing. This is so dumb. I'm such a mobile person. And it's like, I don't have back issues. I don't have this, but it's like, I had a torn MCL and that was really hard for me. And then first time I ever danced without my brace was my final jazz. jazz final three. And I, my roommates had COVID and I had to do it by myself. I went to the studio I was working at and I just, wow. I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. Mm-hmm. And of course I am. have to, I'm just going to, I have to. Oh, no. she had a different assignment if she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to try it. Why not? What is there to lose? I've been going to PT for like four months. Point, probably three months. Three right? months, four months. Yeah. And I remember I took off my brace. What is this? What am I doing? Called my mom. I was like, mom, I'm going to try it. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? I'm going to try it. I feel good. At that point, I'm just so over it. And so I did it. Right. It went good. It went, it went good. I wanted to do a lot more things than I, than I wanted to do, but I couldn't because I was restricted. Liza, I think uh, like what you're saying about these things, like, you know, I recognize that you're an active person, but I do think that like targeted uh, PT was helpful for you. Cause otherwise I think you would have jumped back in, but the other piece to it is like, okay, once I have these exercises down and I'm feeling good, I'm not just trying to get back to like normal, mo- uh, mo- mobile, sorry, 18 year old. I'm trying to get back to dancer Liza. So, and I recognize, you know, you recognize that's going to take a long time. So I think there's two things at play there that like, Sometimes we have to take it upon ourselves to slow down, which I'm, that might be a note to myself as well, Liza. Um, But then also to recognize when the PT is no longer serving to get me back to dancer shape, right? Um, And that's where I do think that these um, conversations with our PTs and these conversations with, um, you know, healthcare healthcare is expensive, right? So we want to make sure that we're getting the best care possible. Um, cause I think that that's something that's really important. And again, and having that open line of communication, you are allowed to do what you want with this assignment, right? You, if you feel strong enough, fantastic. If you want to do three different sections and stop after each of those sections, you can do that. If you want to write a paper, right. There were lo- loads of options for okay. you. Um, but that motivation to want to do and like understand, okay, I can't do that. 
and I can't do that yet. And I can't do that. And so those restrictions, while probably really frustrating for someone like you, I also think it was an exercise in patience. Right. Um, so I think those, those two things are at play for sure, for sure, for sure. Well, when it comes to like the, like the education aspect, I'm, I'm curious too, uh, did, you know, we talked about how when you were with the uh, orthopedist, they didn't really explain a whole lot of what was going on, or they kind of talked at a medical level. And physical therapy, was that any different? Did they kind of walk you through what had caused this, why these exercises were doing certain things, like what the goal was and like that aspect of it? Yeah. No, they were they were awesome. I do have to say they were an awesome place nice. to be at. They did explain what how it happened. They just said, right. yes, they did tear it but not all the way. And you're really lucky. That's what they just kept on saying. You are really lucky that you didn't tear it all the way because yeah, I would have not been able to do anything that I'm still doing today. I'd still be in PT. And so they were so nice and they just kept saying like, yeah, this is going to kind of be pretty easy for you as you have been so mobile for most of your life and where you have been a dancer. No, I'm still a dancer. I'm, I haven't been a dancer. I'm still am a dancer. Right, right. So that's such <laughs> wow. Such a, cause I do yep. I think sometimes it's like, you know, who has been to who, what, how many dancers have been to the doctor be like, just don't dance. Right. You wouldn't tell a professional football player to do that. So can you please stop doing right. that? That's not going to happen for us. We're stubborn as all get out. Right. Uh, probably to a fault, but mm-hmm. these, these like little conversations or little digs about like, Oh, well, when you were a dancer at one point you were, you know, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still am. And I'm trying to get back. Still to am. So I also have another like kind of follow-up question for you because you have revisited those exercises Mm -hmm. over time as you feel that you're getting, you know, I think it was one time, I think it was when we were getting ready to go to show, right. You're, you, you know, you're dancing more, you're in a cold theater usually, right. You're running up and down steps to get to the dressing room and back and forth, um, going to costume fittings, all of those things. So, um, I know those exercises were easy, but how has either cross training and or those like revisiting those exercises helped you? So uh, over the summer, I ran a lot, which helped a lot. And I walked up hills. And of course, in Bountiful, Utah, there are a buttload of hills. So (laughs) they weren't hard to find. So I used to walk up hills and then I would go on a little run. I'd probably go for like two miles and then back down the hill. And that was it was good for me because I was able to go slow. I didn't feel like I was in a race. I could take my time. I could stop. I'm going to just sit here for a minute. And I, I guess for me, I've been in really in tune with my body lately because I tore my MCL. I feel like that's kind of where I was at. Like I had, I could have thrown my body across the room and been like, perfect. But now I'm more in tune with my body because of what happened. And so I guess the past couple months, yeah. I have had with the cold weather, it's not the greatest on hurt things. Okay, I don't wanna go back to PT. I told my mom what had happened and she's like, okay, start doing your exercises again. Start going to the gym. I hate the gym. What are you talking about, mom? (laughs) Go to the gym, go do a couple things that you would do. Go ride the bike because biking is huge for knees and it builds a lot of the muscles back up, which is fine, I guess. I I don't love biking, but that's just me. And so I did go bike for a little bit and I did redo my exercises that I was given. And I told myself, I went to Danielle and I'm not putting my knee brace on. I will not put it back on. And he's like, why? Because I don't want to go. I don't want to take steps backwards. I want to continue to go up. And that's, that was really hard for me. I'm hurting. 
okay, what are you going to do about it? Well, I don't want to take steps back. And she's like, okay, don't take steps back, take steps forward. So I did start going to the gym. I did start doing my exercises. I did wear a lot more layers and that did help a lot. And so go back a little bit. I think I've learned that it's okay right. to take a few steps back. I'm stronger now. So now it's it. Now it's time to take a few steps forward. So, yeah. and it's like, for me, I've always been a really positive person and I was not positive when it first, when I first tore it, I, I had a way good friend and she tried everything to get me to come to stuff with SUU, like with the dance program. And I just would be like, okay, cool. I was physically there, but mentally I was so mad, so mad. I don't need this. Right. For me, I've really had to stay on the positive side of things. Yeah, it did happen and I can't change it. It's a huge thing for me in my dance career, what had happened and how positive I have turned it into as it really did make me a better dancer. As I do have to say, it has turned me into being aware of what I'm doing. Okay. That hurts. I need to lay it off for a minute and be okay with sitting and doing all these things. I am not great at saying I'm hurt and let me sit for a minute. Danielle would say that in a heartbeat. I am the worst. (laughs) Just sit, just sit. I'd be like, no, I'm fine. You literally have to sit down. Well, and I think too, typically in dance programs, right, there's so many absences before it affects your grade, right? There's all of these things, but we also implemented an observation Um, and it's pretty, like they have to fill out a lot of questions. It's not just like sit there and like talk to me about whatever, right? There's actually some questions. And one of them is talk to us about the anatomical um, uh, cues that are going on in class, right? So that they're constantly having to kind of evaluate Mm -hmm. and observe so that they can see what other students might be similarly affected by. Um, and I want to say too, it's always okay to put a brace back on. It's all like, I don't know how many to ever, how many steps you need to take back. Right. Cause you're in your body. I tell this to the students all the time, right. You guys are in your bodies. So how, you know, what, how can we serve you the best way that we can? Um, and part of that is policy, right. Observe observation policies, really looking at your attendance policies and, and considering, you know, when you have a student who has communicated, who has, you know, let her know about your injury again, not necessary because we're technically not even allowed to know all those things unless the student wants to divulge. Um, so I think part of that is policy. I think part of that is open lines of communication and honesty, right. Both with ourselves and, and with what we can do for you. Um, so as a dancer, you know, one of the things that I've, I've noticed so well, particularly with Liza, is just this idea of like, she might not say it, but I can see it in her body, whether she might wince or it might be like a, yeah, no, that land that landed pretty hard, didn't it? You know, I'm going to need a second. Yeah, take, you know, get some ice, do what you need to do. Because um, I think those are those are really empowering um, conversations that you're having, particularly as you talked a little bit about, you know, I mentioned, you know, when you go into show mode, how do you take care of better care of your body, right? What are you eating? How much water are you drinking? We're at elevation, right? So like dehydration is absolutely a thing here. Um, your cardiovascular output, right? At elevation is, is more difficult. I understand not liking the gym, but understanding it's like taking your vitamins or eating healthy, right? It's that like, I might not like doing these things, but I think what I've noticed most is the longevity of taking care of yourself and what that means when you graduate, right? You're, you're looking at the long haul and the in it is really difficult, right? But what about what's on the other side of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, those are like the hard lessons like any athlete like kind of has to learn. And I feel like for dancers, we're put in a position where we have to learn them even younger and even more internalized because we have to, we don't always have the ability to see providers who understand what we need. So we kind of have to really be on our game and knowing our body. Because, you know, when, when it comes to like treating any condition, the thing we always talk about is, you know, like you had said, Liza, in the beginning, like working on mobility. So like the first step is mobility. Then you want strength. And then after strength, you want return to X. So if it's activities of daily living for a non-athlete, that's it. Or if it's an athlete, it's return to sport. But like with dance, it's not only return to sport, but it's going back. And I, I tell people all the time when I'm like teaching about rehab for dancers, like you're rehabbing two people because you have to get the normal person back, but then you have to do this whole different biomechanical map for dancers working in turned out position. And like, that's a lot. So like the fact that like dancers have to really know what they can handle and like how to push it and when to push it and when to take the step back is so critical because you're probably most of the time going to come up against a provider who doesn't really know how to help guide you on that. And, you know, like you had touched on, like the fact that this is so much a part of our identity. I had a, a friend in undergrad who broke their leg and I remember he was in class one day and he's literally, he literally said, he's like, I don't know like what to do with myself or who I am right now because he didn't, he couldn't dance for like six, uh, you know, six and a half weeks. He was in this like hard cast for his leg. And even after that, just walk out of broke, you know, the healed leg, whatnot, um, like that's our identity. So like you said, like you don't want to take those steps back. Once that brace comes off, you want to keep it off. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the other piece, right? The mental health part of it to admit, I, I love when students come to me and say, I'm having a bad day, you know, like the leave it at the door thing is, is, is difficult. Right. But these are lessons that we've learned, right. We they're internalized and they're right. learned. Um, but knowing as a, as a dance faculty person, knowing that a student is recovering, knowing that a student is you know, feels like their identity has been stripped to some, to some degree because of an injury. I'm an inability to dance, right? At the, in the moment, and we don't know how long it's going to take, right? Um, particularly with injuries, right? Because we really don't know how long it's going to take. How often are you going to go to PT? Are you going to do those exercises on the side? Are you going to start going back to um, cross training? Are you going to eat healthy? Are you going to drink enough water? Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you? While also recognizing right. like, ooh, I, maybe I went too hard this week or this day or this hour. And so I think, you know, common themes that are coming out, because I know Liza's got to get to rehearsal soon, but um, right. <laughs> themes that are like really um, coming up, at least for us. And, and that's why, you know, James and I really wanted to do a series on this is that, you know, there's the mental health piece, the identity piece, there's the, the communication piece, right? There's the, there is another side to it, but the other side only happens with, you know, a lot of support, right? And whether that's familial, whether that's right. through doctors, friends, you mentioned friends, you mentioned family, you mentioned teachers, you mentioned doctors. And then the communication piece has to be something that we understand, right? James, you might have given Liza a little bit more than what she understood in terms of what it right. was, right? Like as far as what happened and like how, like that's so important to any patient, especially dancers who feel, because we always walk in assuming like, you don't know what I do. You have no idea what it is I need. And like to have at least someone break it down so that we can internalize it. Um, what question I have for you, Liza, is in a, in a perfect world, if you could go back and redo it, what would you have wanted your experience to be like at every step of this well um, what's the kind of thing you would have wanted to have in those different appointments well first off i wish i didn't tear my mcl but <laughs> 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 I, I, right at the same time it really taught me 
how to find the positive and like the little things, being able to walk, be okay, not hurt. That's been really huge. But yeah, if I could go back and change, I think it's just, yeah, I wish COVID didn't happen. So I like my mom could have been in the room with me, but I think it's okay. Wait, hold on, slow down and please explain what happened and please explain what I need to do instead of just what the world did you just say? And I have no idea what this even means. PT was a way good experience. I, but I wish I would have been able to go to a PT that understood a dancer. That's also really hard in your city because we are so limited. Yes. You just, again, that's another theme that you're hitting on, right? Is this idea of in a rural community, how can, with a dance program, there's somewhat of a responsibility, right? To take care of our students. Cause we're not doctors. Like as much as I can say at one point in my life, going to be a physical therapist and was very close to accomplishing that. Um, it, I am not that right. So it's really important that, that we find a support network for our students. Um, Cause again, there's a, there's a weight and a responsibility to that. And if we don't, then we allow them time off to go to Salt Lake to go to, right. <laughs> and not penalize them because they, you know, they're missing class. Um, I think that's the other thing and the other piece of it, but I'm very excited about some of the initiatives that are coming up and, you know, building off of models of schools that are already doing it. Um, You know, we right now partner with um, a a chiropractor in Cedar City, right? Um, Who understands dancers and whose theme, right? Which is amazing is you shouldn't have to come back to me all the time, right? I should give you these exercises. You should do them. Right. Because that's the piece, too, for us. Right. Because oftentimes we're like, OK, maybe this isn't as hard as it should be. We have to do them. Right. right? Um, and then maybe we go back for maintenance. Well, and it, and it comes down to kind of the heart of our show is like you were pointing out, Liza, it's, it's a demographics thing. We want to make sure that providers have the education and dancers have the knowledge on how to seek it out because dance is a culture. It is its own demographic. So that cultural competency is really important when dealing with dancers. Otherwise, you have no idea as a provider, best intentions, you know, be damned, uh, how to get them there. So that really strikes at it. You want to go somewhere where you feel when you walk in, you're like, oh, I'm in the place that I need to be. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, James, 100%. you totally wrapped it up, right? So like our mission, right, for this this um, right. <laughs> podcast is um, to create cultural competency and communication between healthcare and dance. So, um, you know, Liza, you just, you answered our question, but the suggestions, right, to slow down, slow down, give us a beat, right? Um, Dancers love handouts, like that we can, you know, like, or videos, right? Right. (laughs) Get, you know, get on board. So, Liza, I just want to say thank you so much, James. It's always, always, always a pleasure. Um, We just, we enjoy the class. Yeah, thank you for coming on, Liza. Thank you guys so much for letting me share my experience. Yeah, no, and we really hope that you're, you know, we hope that you're a hope. That's ridiculous, but we really do. We hope that you can, you know, provide hope to freshmen who are coming in, right? It's a scary time. So, um, and during COVID, yeah. goodness, like all, there's so many layers to this. We could go on forever, but um, we want to make sure that you follow us on Instagram, like us. Um, yeah, and the podcast information will be below in the bio. Any last words, James? No, I think that wraps it up perfectly. Thanks again, Eliza. And uh, thanks, Danielle. And everyone have a great day. Fantastic. And then we just have to also just say, you know, thank a big thank you to our collaborators, always, always, always. So music composition yes. by Alexander Ausman and our graphic design is Dr. Kelsey Elliott. So thanks a lot. Have a great day.